Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell on this Wednesday, another hump day, 23rd of February, 2022. Don't know about you, cannot believe that we are nearly at the end of another month. Nearly two months down in a brand new year. And uh, just realized yesterday was 22 and I saw some things on Facebook about uh, it was frontwards and backwards and upside down and all the <laughs> the date was... Uh, no matter which way you looked at it, it was the same, 22 to 22. So uh, just a bit of trivia there. Uh, not sure that's got anything to do with anything, but uh, we are now at February 23. So thanks for joining, and uh, let's get into today's episode. And I'm going to start with a question, and that is a question. It might sound like a controversial question, but uh, it's a question that I often ask. Uh, I ask myself a lot, but I don't necessarily ask a lot of people verbally, but I'm asking these sort of questions mentally, and that is, do you need a checkup from the neck up? Now, many sales leaders focus heavily, heavily on process. They drive the behaviors that they think will deliver the results, and many of them place huge amounts of pressure and expectations on their sales teams to drive the results that they need in order to hit the monthly quarterly, six-monthly, and of course, the yearly targets. And in driving these behaviors, there's often a huge amount of pressure that's placed on the team collectively, but also individually. And what's really interesting is a lot of the sales leaders tend to focus on the mechanics of the doing. So mechanically making the phone calls, attending the meetings, uh, sending out the emails, writing the proposals, doing the pitch conversations, closing and negotiating deals, etc., etc. But they neglect a very, very important component, which I think uh, many people take for granted. And I'll say that uh, based on experience, because a lot of people will poo-poo this, or they'll say this is a lot of woo-woo stuff. Uh, but I've seen from experience, and I've, I've seen from my own experience, that it makes a huge difference in how we show up as leaders. But also, you start to see this play out in the team in terms of some of the actions that they take and ultimately the results that the team generate. And this this difference is, is mindset. Now, it's as simple as this, mindset. And this is why I often say leaders need a checkup from the neck up because they're not necessarily aware, consciously aware of their mindset, and they need to be because it is a multiplying factor to performance, which I'll talk about in a second. And this is something that is, I guess, more widely embraced now in professional sport in particular because there's a lot more understanding a lot more research has been done there's a lot more information available on power of the mind i'm not going to talk about growth versus fixed mindset today but it stands to reason when you look at a couple of teams who are performing and they're one's performing at the level that they're capable of and the other team is not so one's delivering results and the other team is not and this whether it's in sport and certainly in the in the realm of sales and sales leadership when you're looking at two teams Certainly looking from the outside, both of them have equal talent. Uh, both of them also have equal opportunities and capabilities. So they've got a ready-made market. Why is it then that one team surpasses the performance of the other team, sometimes by many, many factors, uh, <laughs> to the point where there's this massive chasm between the two? And it comes down to this, and that is they're following the same formula. They're taking the same actions, 
but there is a multiplier to performance that separates the exceptional teams from the average teams, or in many cases, the mediocre teams. And as we know, the team is and always will be a reflection of the leader. So this comes down to the leader in terms of the role modeling they put in place, but even at a more granular level than that, it comes down to the mindset that the leader actually runs with. And this is what the multiplying factor is to exceptional performance. It comes down to mindset. And this is why many, many leaders really do need a checkup from the neck up, which really is about increasing their level of self-awareness, increasing their level of self-talk, making it more positive, more optimistic, more growth-oriented, because when they start to do that, everything changes. And the really frustrating thing with all of this is many leaders will dismiss this as being, as I said earlier, woo-woo, and they'll continue to focus their attention on simply driving the mechanics of the process, such as making the phone calls, doing the pitching, having the conversations, but not necessarily spend any time or invest any intention into growing their mindset. And unfortunately, despite how much more effort they put in, they're simply not going to get the return on that effort because their mindset is what's stifling them. And so there's a formula for exceptional performance that I often share with sales teams and sales leaders, which really highlights this point. And this comes from the work of researchers at Rosian SI. And this was developed over many years in researching sales teams, sporting teams, operational teams to really find out what was it that separated the exceptional performers from the ones that were just average or the ones that just weren't hitting the results on a regular basis. And what it came down to was, was four key things. And one of them is the multiplier, which is mindset, which I'll talk about in a second. So the first key pillar of exceptional performance is knowledge. You've got to have a level of knowledge. Now, many people think, well, knowledge is power, and that is incorrect. Knowledge can give you confidence, but it's only through the application of the knowledge does it actually become powerful. But in order to be an exceptional performer, you do have to have a level of knowledge. So you need to know in the sales context, you need to know your products, you need to know your market, you need to know your customers, you need to know what the problems are that the customer is actually experiencing. As we talked about yesterday on the podcast, you need to know what sort of problems and challenges the industry as a whole is experiencing so that you can potentially provide solutions to those problems. So the first key pillar is knowledge. You've got to have a level of knowledge. The second pillar is you've got to have skill set. And this is where the conscious competence comes into it. So as a salesperson, you have to develop a level of skill set in terms of knowing how to prospect, knowing how to reach out to people in a, in a non-salesy way, knowing how to have conversations with people, knowing how to provide solutions to problems and knowing how to negotiate, knowing how to close the sale, et cetera, et cetera. So has, there has to be a level of skill set that you have to refine over time that when you place that against knowledge, you can actually start moving towards a level of exceptional performance. And the third pillar is process. You need to follow a process. Now, if you think about a sporting team, they will follow a process which is known as a game plan. Now, in the sales realm, the sales leadership, the process is normally the sales methodology or the customer's buying cycle. So there's some form of process. And when you put a process in place, this is, this is something that can drive consistency and replicability. So when you throw knowledge plus a skill set plus a process that you follow, you've got the three key pillars to exceptional performance. However, there's one thing that will drive exceptional performance and it is mindset. And this is a multiplier. And this is the reason why some teams tend to accelerate and exponentially leave their, their competitors in their wake and while others struggle. It comes down to mindset, not only the mindset of the individual team members within the team, but more importantly, the mindset of the leader. And this is why many leaders really do need a checkup from the neck up. So when it comes to mindset, it's a topic that a lot of people 
kind of shy away from and don't spend a huge amount of time consciously thinking about. And I think one of the key reasons for that is either it's misunderstood, they haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, or it's not something that you can tangibly see. So it's very difficult to see somebody's mindset. What you tend to see is the behavior that comes from the mindset. But mindset is such a powerful thing, and this is why it is a multiplier of exceptional performance. And if you think about a scale, and I often talk to teams about this, if you take a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not so great, 10 being phenomenal, you can actually magically and consciously measure your mindset, albeit it's a figment of your imagination, but it, it starts to put a level of tangibility to mindset. Because what it, what it comes down to is our mindset is a choice. Now, this is an interesting question when I ask people, can you control your mindset? And often people say, no, you can't. And it's interesting when you hear people uh, communicate like that because often what they'll do also is they'll say, well, this person makes me feel that or that person makes me feel this or the company's done that, therefore I'm feeling that. At the end of the day, mindset is a choice. And one of the key things that leaders need to understand is they have 100% control over their mindset because it is a choice. You can choose to either live from the outside in or you can live from the inside out, and there's a massive, massive difference. And yes, a lot of it comes down to the perception of what you're seeing in front of you and the choices that you make at that particular moment, but it is the difference between responding to something and choosing to respond and reacting to something, so externalizing the blame, and therefore your mindset is a byproduct of that externalization. Now, people might feel as if they therefore can't control their mindset because they're at the mercy of the thing that's happening. They're at the effect of that external event. Well, even that is a choice. And as leaders, we need to understand that no matter what's happening in front of us, we have a choice to choose how we think, and therefore we can choose to how we talk to ourselves and what we make that particular event mean, which all comes back to a choice that we have with mindset. And this is why I say it is such an easy thing to change. And as a click of the fingers, you can change your mindset as quickly as that. And it reminds me of a story, actually. Many years ago, I was working with a a client, and I won't use his name, but um, he used to share with me how he was having some challenges with his team, and his team weren't performing at the level that he thought they were capable of, and he, he wanted to know how to actually change his team's performance. So instead of talking about his team's performance, and I and asked him some questions to find out what was actually going on, what became really apparent was this particular client's approach, his mindset, wasn't at the level that it probably needed to be as a leader. And so what was what was playing out is... He was projecting onto his team a certain mindset, which he was then seeing play out in the behaviors of his team, and therefore the results they were delivering were not the results that he wanted, and certainly not the results that the company wanted. So I sat down with him and I asked him, you know, what are you doing? What's what's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? And he said, oh, and I won't I won't swear, but he was basically saying this day is going to be a horrendous day. I can't believe we're going to have a whole heap of problems yet again. The problems from yesterday haven't gone away, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other problems coming in. So his attitude was horrendous. And to his credit, through the conversation, he actually acknowledged that his attitude and his mindset probably wasn't at the level that it needed to be. So I share with him a little four-step model that comes from Anthony Robbins, and it's a really simple yet really powerful model for performance uh, that you can use individually, but also share with your team as well. And And it starts with attitude. And everything starts with attitude. So if you can think about right now, when you woke up this morning, what was your attitude like? Now, many people might think, well, I didn't actually have any conscious awareness of what my attitude was like, but you certainly felt a certain thing, which often is a byproduct of an attitude or internal self-talk that you're having. So you'll, you'll have a certain feeling. So the attitude will then lead to a certain level of mindset. Now, if you think about that scale 1 to 10, if you're waking up, you're not feeling great, and your attitude, you're suffering for a little bit of stinking thinking, then chances are on the scale of 1 to 10, your mindset is going to be probably around 5, if not below 
five. And when the mindset is not where it needs to be, what then happens to your level of behavior and the actions that you take? So the third step in the model is behavior. So what are the actions you're gonna take if your attitude and your mindset is not great? And when you're not taking the great level of action, when you're sort of going through the motions and not putting in as much effort as you know you're capable of, then the fourth step is the results you get are probably not going to be the results that you are ideally looking for, nor are they going to be the results that others would be expecting of you. And so when you're getting the results that are not necessarily akin to what you're capable of or what your expectations are, then that can also cause a bit of a downgrade in terms of your attitude. So this is where the the loop closes. And when your results are not where it needs to be, often that can have a negative impact on your attitude and the cycle continues. So the four steps is attitude, mindset, behavior, and results. And I shared this with a client and uh, his uh, his eyes lit up. He's saying, wow, it can't be, well, first of all, he said, it can't be that easy. And I said, well, just trust me, let's let's just put some things in place. And I get I said to him, look, for the next two weeks, all I want you to do is focus on attitude. So the first thing you do before your feet at the floor in the morning is uh, develop some sort of mantra or some sort of affirmation. Make sure you're consciously aware of the conversations you're having and choose the positive thoughts. Choose positive self-talk and say something like, look, today is going to be a, a phenomenal day. Can't wait to see what the what the day brings. It's going to be a beautiful day, fantastic. Whatever the language is, it needs to be positive. It needs to be growth-oriented. And just do that for two weeks and we'll just see what happens. Anyway, three weeks went by and I came back and saw him and I sat down in his office and he said, <laughs> I said, so how's it going? And he goes, I've got no idea what you've done, but you've done something to me. And he then proceeded to explain that the last week in particular, his team, from his point of view, seemed to be more upbeat, seemed to be more proactive. They're making a lot more phone calls. There seemed to be a, a different vibe in the uh, in the team, in the environment. And he said, the funny thing is, we've actually just closed some business that's been on the back burner for the last six months. And all of a sudden, it came to fruition this week, which has now put us back in front of the run rate and things looking up. And I said, isn't that interesting. And I said, what did you change? And he said, well, I've only changed one thing and that is the attitude. And I said, well, that attitude has now had an impact on your mindset. So when you walk into the office, what are you noticing now? And he said, well, I'm noticing now how things are brighter. People are smiling because I'm smiling. And I said, interesting, your team, remember, is a reflection of you. And so all the stuff has been going inside your head. That's been rubbing off on your team. And what you're now seeing is the counter opposite of that. And you're now starting to see the results, which just further confirmed that the four-step model actually works every single time and it just rubs off. And it was a light bulb moment for him. And he's gone on and continued to do great things. But one of the things he did say to me at the end of that that conversation when I went back to him, he said, you know what, I really needed that checkup from the neck up. And he was was 100% right. And it really confirmed for me the importance of mindset when it comes to certainly leadership and the example and role modeling we put out into into the team and therefore out into our environment. So the key message today is you need to be really conscious of your mindset. Now, I don't want this to be some sort of positive psychology, woo-woo, everything's wonderful sort of thinking because things are going to happen. There'll be little things out there called little pricks and little pricks are often the things that you least expect that have the capacity to knock you off your tangent or to knock you off your pedestal sometimes, right? Sometimes uh, they're placed in your path as little tests just to, uh, to get you have a bit of a sanity check. But what I do want you to understand is when those little pricks do happen, you have a choice. And you have a choice in terms of at that moment, where is your mindset going to be? So the key message out of today, and I'll leave you with this final message, is no matter what's happening in your environment, understand first and foremost that your mindset is key to what's happening in that environment. And if you're not at the mindset you know that's going to be delivering the results you want, 
then start to play at a 10. Now, this is not faking it until, until you make it. This is consciously thinking about, okay, if I was a 10 out of 10 in terms of mindset, what would that look like? How would I feel? And therefore, what would I be doing? If you can get consciously focused in on that, then amazing things start to happen because your behaviors will change and I guarantee your results will change as well. So do you need a checkup from the neck up? If you do, uh, act as if and play at a 10 and amazing things are gonna happen. So I trust that message helps and I trust that message resonates. And if you're ready to work together, you know that you'll love to work with your one-on-one and help you become that exceptional sales leader. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com and we'll have a conversation. So until next time, enjoy the hump day, Wednesday the 23rd of February 22. And I very much look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.